Welcome back, guys. It's been a long time. Pittsburgh made. Is, should we? Is this season two? I'm gonna say this is the start of season two. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, this is it. Season two. It's been at least two months since our season one finale, grand finale. It's been a long time. Uh, the Steelers got eliminated from the playoffs. The Penguins have stunk, got good, stunk, and are good again. The I NBA wholeheartedly disagree with that characterization, <laughs> but please continue. The NBA had an all-star game for whatever reason. Well, I already said this team's going out of the playoffs, but, you know, for some weird reason, they brought back Juju and not Steve Nelson. But we're going to talk about a lot of that today on, on our episode. Of course, the Pirates, too, because baseball opening day is one week away. One week away. Logan, you've been vaccinated since our last episode, right? I have been fully. I've gotten both doses. Gotten both doses. Did not have too many symptoms, just a sore arm and exhaustion. All right. The first topic, it it feels like it has been months because it has. uh, But in our last episode, we were predicting what would happen. Steelers versus Browns in the playoff. Logan spoke incredibly confidently about the Steelers chances and so of course <laughs> the Steelers lost that game but I, I like Spencer I don't know if I have any quick thoughts on that game it was it was an embarrassment uh and it proved what we were predicting in the in our last episode that the Steelers were the worst 10 and 0 where were they 11 and 0 team in NFL history so like so that, bad yeah yeah, it was, I mean, from the first, what, the first snap, I think, was over Ben Roethlisberger's head, I believe, yep. and then both of, both him and James Conner not diving on the ball was embarrassing, and it just, it just went downhill from there, and they actually, from what I remember, like, the second half was a decent Steeler team, I wouldn't say great, but it was decent, but it was just too much to handle, they had, they had way too much uh, to, to overcome. Oh, yeah, they were too out much of it battle. So like I I wouldn't if they had a decent first half they would have been it would have been a very close game I mean I'm, I think at one point they got back to single digits after being down like 20 25 but yeah I mean you can't you can't rule out a team ever especially with the Steelers that we saw last year and you know to rule the Cleveland Browns out I think would have been erroneous exactly oh, no. like a lot of people a lot of people and I I don't even blame I don't even blame Logan for saying to, to ruling them out is 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 a bad thing, but a lot of people rolled out the Browns and that's, that was a mistake for Steelers fans. I think. And it's not even for me that like rolling out the Browns and underestimating the Browns, because I think they ended up being as good or really as bad as, as people thought they were. The Steelers were just really bad. The Steelers lost that game more than the Browns won it, in my opinion, even I, though I agree with it, that. it really was, we, we could continue rehashing that game and, let Logan rewrite history about his awful prediction from our last episode. But I think it's more worth us talking about the future and the fact that just recently Ben got the the next year contract. And there was, I don't know if there was a lot of doubt that uh, he was going to get it. I think we all knew deep down he was going to, but he shouldn't have, right? Does anyone disagree with, does anyone agree with what the Steelers did? It's, it's interesting because first of all, on that Steelers Browns game, just didn't get my two cents in that was a long time ago, so we don't need to go too far into it. I turned it off about halfway through and watched this uh, really bad superhero movie that I think I was texting you guys during uh, on Netflix. Yep. 
Oh, that's, that's right. That's how awful it was. That's how awful it was. That I, I turned it off and I put that's on That's how awful your movie. prediction was. You couldn't even live with yourself watching the rest of the game. I mean, it, it, I think deep down, I think deep, very, very deep down, I just knew that that was going to happen. Just because that's just what happens when you go into a game thinking that there's no chance that you could lose when it's a playoff game. And realistically, there should have been no chance that the Steelers lost that game. But, you know. Agreed. Agreed. They played like crap. So, and that's just what we're going to show you, Code It. Um, and there's not much more to break down from a game that was two months ago. But anyway, moving on to the Ben extension and more. What's interesting to me now about the Ben Roethlisberger extension, um, it's interesting that they're they're bringing him back with a team that's going to be worse, and they haven't done anything to make the team better. And I know you know the diehards say, well, this team went eleven and zero. Well, they also went one and five down the stretch. You know, they also got got really tired, blown out, played like crap against the Browns. I luckily haven't heard anyone say, oh, well, this team went 11 and 0, so you don't well, have to change much. Texas. Because well, <laughs> you're also in Texas right now. I still, I still so talk you're, you're, with you probably hear, how about them Cowboys, right? How about them Cowboys with that Dak Prescott extension? No, you. Oh, no, you're in Houston. Blowing you're, it up. How could <clears throat> anyone say this team was 11 and 0, you don't have to change much when they are objectively the worst 11 and 0 team in the history of the league? Eh, yeah, but I mean, if there's one thing to be the worst at, that still means you're a pretty good team, right? If you went 11 and 0, you know, the worst 11 and 0 team is still a good team. It's it's the one in five. Would you describe the 2020 Steelers as quote pretty good? They were good. They weren't great. I don't think they were. I as mean, bad. It, 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 yeah, I don't. I wouldn't put them down as a. They're not an under 500 team. You still had to win 11 straight games or whatever. I mean, that's that's no an that's, accomplishment that's within fair, itself. But they were I, I a. They were a good team that ended up getting figured out by the NFL. And when they got figured out, they didn't adapt. That's what they were. They had talent on that defense. I think that's the best way. A lot of their defense. Able to play with. They lost, you know, Bud Dupree. They lost um, uh, Devin Bush. They lost Devin Bush. They lost Bud Dupree. You know, they, they got some big performances from Spillane and they got an Alex Highsmith. Well, a little bit from Highsmith. You know, but it was – they lost Vince Williams for a bit. I mean, they lost a lot of guys on that great defense. And then their offense, when their offense was clearly figured out by that, you know, it, I mean, it was figured out before that loss to Washington. They figured it out a little bit before that. I mean, you could just tell. The offense never adapted, you know. And, st- I mean, I think that's a fault on, you know, Roethlisberger because I feel like the offense game plan I, – I don't buy this crap that it was all Fickner. Because Figner was was handpicked by Ben Roethlisberger. He was Ben Roethlisberger's quarterback coach. The only reason he was in that position was because Ben wanted him in that position. I don't buy this crap that Ben didn't have a – that the reason the offense was designed as it was had nothing to do with Roethlisberger. It was clearly designed to keep him from getting hit. It was clearly designed to keep him healthy because they didn't trust Mason Rudolph, even though the offense – you know, in the second half of the season, the best that offense looked was that last week with Mason Rudolph in the second half of the season. You know? So saying I mean, that. It's, it's, but like the whole Ben thing, to bring him back when there's realistically no improvements. There's yeah, that's what major I want to talk about. I said what you just said, Logan. Like, what, 
how can anyone reason with with this decision that they made to bring him back with, as you said, and what I agree with, a worse team? Plus, I think, and you can put me this down as one of my my newest hot take. I think he's the worst quarterback in the division right now. I would take Lamar Jackson, worst starting quarterback. We'll we'll, we'll specify that because obviously he's better than the backups. But I would take Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow over Ben this year. And they haven't done anything to improve it. The offensive line is still going to be crap. And they lost their, you know, their best lineman or, you know, maybe how you feel about DeCastro, their second best lineman in Pouncey. They haven't done anything to do it. They're going to have to replace that for the draft. They have no run game. They haven't added any running back. So they're going to have to put a rookie there with a horrible offensive line. Their receiving core, while talented, has a lot of raw talent, also drops the ball way too much. Two years in a row, they led the league in drops. You know? Well, that, and, doesn't, that doesn't help when Deontay Johnson has like 90 drops. Well, it's not just Deontay Johnson. Juju drops a lot too for as good as for, for as good as a slot guy he is. This is the whole receiving core drops the ball a lot. Um, defensively, I mean, Tyson Alulu's gone, and he was big for them at the nose tackle. I think the nose tackle is a very easy position for the Steelers to replace, considering they replaced Hargrave great with Alulu. But losing Bud Dupree and expecting Alex Highsmith to step up second year is going to be tough. Losing Vince Williams and um, names escaping me to gather got from the Jets. Um, Williamson. Williamson. Avery Williamson. And expecting Spillane. Granted, Spillane played good in the very limited time he had last year to step up and be that number two guy behind um, right opposite Devin Bush. That's going to be tough. You know, getting rid of Steven Nelson and losing Mike Hilton, all of a sudden your cornerback crew, your top three cornerbacks, it went from Steven Nelson, Steve Nelson, Joe Hayden, Mike Hilton, to Joe Hayden and, and two guys that are pretty much unproven. You know, it's, it's not a team that's getting any better. And there's no room for them to get better. They don't have any cap room. They, and all the good free agents have already signed away anyway. Um, there's no room for them to get better either. So it to me, it just seems like you should start a rebuild. Now, granted, you're not going to get your next franchise quarterback with a number 24 pick. But, I mean, you might as well see what you have in Mason Rudolph. He didn't play that bad in the Browns game. I don't think Mason Rudolph is that bad of a quarterback. I don't I think, think Mason Rudolph is right, the most right. improved player in 2021 or 2020. Yeah. Well, he's not. I don't think he's the next franchise guy, but he could very well. Yeah, be the bridge. I think I agree with that. He could very well be the bridge to the next guy. He can keep his team even, right. And so even if he isn't the next franchise quarterback, he can be. He is a better option than throwing Ben out there again. I, I don't. Do you disagree with that? No, it's, I it's, agree. 100%, it's debatable. I think I want to see what I want to see what Ben we get. If we get the Ben last year where the game plan was crap because he couldn't throw the ball accurately 20 yards down the field, then yes, I would say I'd rather have Mason Rudolph. But if we get a healthier Ben who, instead of be, sitting out a year, let Ben get hit. Well, Ben's going to get hit with this offensive line. He better be expecting He's not going to be hit. healthier. He could, he has, he'll be healthier. He's not coming off of one, he's not coming off a major injury. You know, he went through all 16 no, games he's, last year. 
He went through all six. He's to a point. He's at a point in his age that he is never going to like fully recover. And and so the no, plan, he, if he's well, going to be out there, that, is you don't you don't think that he's taking this off season, um, workout harder because of just how many people are disproving him, or or just are not believing in him. Look, I think Ben will be better. I think he, I still said he's the worst quarterback in the division. So I'm not ask. So I'm not saying that like he's going to be this all pro, <laughs> this 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 Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. But I think he. I, I mean, better than Mason Rudolph. I mean, if they were, I'll put it this way: if they were clearly going in for Ben's last year, and they were putting a good team around him, then I would rather have Ben than Mason Rudolph. But since they're trying to go for it with a team that is clearly worse than the team that was there last year, I'd rather see the young guy get in and develop a little bit. Because the future two years down the line is obviously going to be Mason Rudolph. Ben's not going to be playing when he's 40. I mean, he may try to, but I don't, I don't think the Steelers want him there when he's 40. You know, he's not Tom Brady. I don't know. It's 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 a frustrating. I don't. I don't know. I think the Steelers are. They always find a way to contend, but I don't know if they're. I, I'm not going to be putting money on them to make the playoffs. No, I certainly wouldn't either. And and so, what is the end? What is the natural endpoint for Ben's career as a Steeler at this point? They're not going to be. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'll be a Super Bowl contender. So what is the end game here? What, when is the line going to be drawn that Ben has done? I I don't, who cares? That's what I, that's why I don't see like, who cares? cares? As long as he's here, we are dragging on, we are are pushing out another few years, the Steelers chances of being a Super Bowl contender again. The whole reason they're doing it is because we're worried about how Ben is going to go out. Ben went out. Ben. Why ben, is that even a consideration? It's a consideration because he sucked ass against the team that he blew out his whole career, the team that passed on him. And that's that's clear. You think that they want it. You think that Ben, you think that if Ben beat the Browns, all right, let's say he beat the Browns and let's say they lost to Kansas City, all right? I don't think there's this motor in him to come back. I don't think people are saying like, all right, you lost to Patrick Mahomes. That's embarrassing. We're going to end your career there. We're not going to end your career there. But they're going to say that against the fucking Browns because it's the Browns. Now, and, and, and but think about this with, with great quarterbacks. Let's, let's think about this for a second. How many great quarterbacks can we realistically think of that didn't have some sort of messy divorce from their team besides like Drew Brees, you know, but even Drew Brees left the chargers, you know, besides like Drew Brees, when you think about Brett Favre, messy divorce with green Bay, when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, developed Andrew Aaron Rodgers, moved on from him. It's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers with Jordan love. The same thing's happening there right now. You know, um, Tom Brady. Now Tom Brady left Tom Brady's last pass as a New England Patriot was a pick six. All right. Who gives a rat's ass what his legacy was in his last throw? Because that guy just won another Super Bowl, and he won six Super Bowls while he was there. Peyton Manning, forced out of Indianapolis. Joe Montana left San Francisco, was replaced by a younger quarterback. You know, who – like, 
I think the whole re- I think there's Ben coming back. I think there's a lot of people that are like, well, we. I think there. I honestly believe there are a lot of people that are like, well, we don't want this to be the way that he goes out because he was a Hall of Fame quarterback for us. The last way we want his career to end is because he got his ass handed to him by the team that passed up on him in the draft that he dominated for 20 years. So I don't think I don't disagree with you, and I Super Bowl was that even a consideration? You cut out, buddy. You're going to have to repeat that. I don't disagree with you. I think that's probably right. But why isn't that the root of the problem? Like, why would a franchise care at all about? It is. And the the, the Steelers aren't immune to that. I mean, the Giants clearly did it a couple years with Eli Manning. Remember the whole big, the whole big fiasco? I mean, they fired their head coach because he benched Eli Manning. Granted, he benched him for what was it? Was it Geno Smith? I mean, a worse quarterback. You know, so you, that's, that's one thing. But still, like, like delay. No, I agree hundred percent. I don't think I'm. I'm kind of leaning more towards the Mark Madden side. Well, I don't think the Steelers are as good as an organization as they once were. And I don't think there's any. I think they're they are slightly better than the average NFL organization right now. And I only say slightly because they haven't had a losing season under Tomlin. Yeah. I, in terms of, so there's two ways to measure this. I think you look at it in terms of on field success and the, the chances of winning a championship, but then you also have how much are the fans aligned with the thinking of the franchise. And at least in Pittsburgh, you think the recent history with the pirates refusing to sign McCutcheon would be the, the closest comparison with the pirates. And then on the penguins, Which was probably in hindsight, the right move looking McCutcheon's a good well, player, but he's not. He's, he's getting overpaid. Right. As move. much as I the love penguins, the dude, not as much as the I penguins love. not protecting Flurry. Right, right move. Right move at the time, not now. But both of those. <laughs> right move at the time. It did not turn out that way, but it was the right move at the time. Uh, that's a whole other debate. But it's the, not the a point debate. Is, Flurry's been two... much better. That <laughs> oh, Flurry's not even with the team anymore. <laughs> It's not a debate. It was right at the time. It was the right decision at the time, but it, it did not work. It did okay. not work out. I, I'm not going to debate this now. I'm not taking the bait. The point that I'm trying to make is this, <laughs> the two Pittsburgh comparisons. And the Steelers have refused to take that with their fans and, and protecting their stars. And so it's a strategy that doesn't win you Super Bowls, but it does, you know, keep Steelers, your season ticket holders way. happy and, the Steelers' way wasn't even about that for the longest time. Juju's the third wide receiver since 2000 to get a second-year contract from the Steelers. So the Steelers' way was never about that. And think about the great wide That's receivers fair. that went through. Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, Antoine Randall, like some good wide receivers that went through that didn't get a second contract. Wasn't there a messy breakup with Heinz uh, Ward at the end? There was a messy breakup. They forced out Hines. They forced out Paul Amalu. That's I mean, they right. They had messy right. breakups with these. James Harrison had a messy break. They had messy breakups with these longtime franchise faces. The Steelers' way was always about the product on the field. You know, they didn't. They they had they had hard discipline for a lot of their guys. That clearly went away around the Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell era, and that's still going away um, with guys like Juju and Clay Chasepool, who just kicked a guy in the head the other night. Uh, right, right near where you're at, I believe, Dakota. Actually, I'm sure it was LA. So it was near you. But um, yeah, it's it's 
I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I don't know why the culture has changed over the last decade. I don't know if it's Tomlin. I mean, I'm a big Tomlin fan. Look, I I think he's a great coach. I don't know why the culture has changed over the last decade, but it's hard to sit there and say that the culture hasn't changed and it's hard to not blame the the non-Steelers way culture as a reason for why they underperformed the last decade and didn't get to another Super Bowl. Because there's no reason that team had the best running back in the league, one of the greatest wide receivers all time, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, a great defense towards the end of the decade. There's no reason they shouldn't have been in a Super Bowl. No reason. Who's the number one person you blame for the Browns loss, Logan? Dude, you can't blame one person. (laughs) I'm asking you to pick. It's impossible. Who is most to blame? Who is most to blame? There is no one that is most to blame because they all deserve so much blame. That is an impossible question to answer. Okay, then let me ask you Every time I'm going to say somebody, I'm going to go, well, this guy also sucked, and then this guy also did this, and they all deserve so much blame. I mean, I mean, how much did that loss diminish your opinion of Mike Tomlin? I don't know. I think I'd argue it diminished my opinion more of Ben than it did Tomlin. I think going into that game, I probably would have been more supportive of Ben coming back than I was coming out of that game. Because okay, of, I agree with that. I, I think I think Ben's probably opinion I diminished the most of. I mean, the team what do you was think, clearly Spencer? unprepared. Do you... The team was clearly unprepared. I was always in the Tomlin. I think Tomlin's a great coach, but I think Tomlin has stayed at one place for too long. Like, when Andy Reid left the Eagles, both the Eagles and Andy Reid won a Super Bowl. Tomlin's a great coach. Tomlin's top five in the league. Tomlin's a future Hall of Famer. But, you know, to quote Phil Jackson – Phil Jackson's own old philosophy, you know, the guy that won, what, 12 NBA titles was that you can't coach the same team for, you know, more than five years. Are you saying, Logan, that we should bring the famous hashtag, hashtag fire Mike Tomlin back? <laughs> Is, are you going on record right now and saying that? No, I, I think he's a good coach. I'm not on the fire Mike Tomlin train. I want to. I do want to see what Mike Tomlin does post Ben before I'm on the fire Mike Tomlin train. But if they were to, if they were to fire, if they were to move on from Tomlin, I would not be like, I would not be that opposed. I think, I think Tomlin's a great coach that it seems like has overstayed how long he should be a coach in Pittsburgh. I don't think a, I don't think somebody should coach at one place for more than ten years unless you're in the NCAA. I don't think professionally you should coach at one place for more than 10 years. I think it gets too comfortable. I think you, you end up getting stuck in your ways. You know, it's, it's outside of like Bill Belichick. Again, you know, the Andy Reid example is the perfect example. Andy Reid left Philly and both Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl. I can easily see that happen if the Steelers and Mike Tomlin were to part. I could easily see Mike Tomlin and the Steelers winning a Super Bowl without each other. Well, parting ways, you know, we saw Tom Brady part ways with Bill Belichick, like you mentioned, and 
Tom Brady went on to win a Super Bowl. So it was a very interesting Super Bowl this past year. And, you know, I feel like we should – I'm just doing the segue here because I wanted to. Um, that was good. That was good. Uh, I feel like we should yeah, – Four out we, of ten. That I, I had zero expectations. I wouldn't say I had zero expectations, but I had low expectations for Tom Brady going into Tampa, and he Why? proved me wrong. I, I didn't say with, I'd with have that, – With that I, amount of talent around them, he's never had a team that talented. I don't know. I expect – I just didn't think in the first year especially – just a new, just going to a different place. I didn't expect him to to thrive as well as he did. And to be fair, the team didn't really thrive in the regular season. They were good, but they were they were they were a pretty good team. And then they really turned it on in the playoffs. Let me ask you this question: Did was there a part of you during the playoffs and during that Super Bowl that found yourself rooting for Tom Brady? Absolutely not, Spencer. Um. See, here's the thing. I've always had a, I've always had a soft spot for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed the Rays and the Lightning. So, also enjoyed the, and I've been to Tampa Bay before, and I loved it. So, yes, but at the same time, it was Tom Brady. So I was like, oh man, I can't, I, I don't want to root for him. But I liked, I wanted Tampa to succeed. You know, I'm gonna be honest. Like I've hated Tom Brady. I'm still a huge Peyton Manning fan, huge Steelers fan, but. Not having him in Boston and not having the obnoxious Boston fans acting like Tom Brady is the second coming of Jesus made him very, very more likable. If he was in Tampa Bay his whole career and won seven Super Bowls in Tampa Bay, I don't think I'd hate him. I think oh, I think I think a big on. reason why that I hate Tom ridiculous. Brady is the obnoxious fan base in New England around Tom Brady. That's that's not crazy. That is, that, I don't agree. I don't agree. On. The only other reason I think to hate Tom Brady is pure jealousy. Now, because, I don't disagree that that is a significant part of why people hate him, but that is not the whole story. That's, I mean, that is easily, the, the I think. Controversy that, from that is, come on, Dakota, that, that is easily, was easily the, the main reason. For a lot of reasons, the way he lives is jealousy on and off the field is absolutely a big reason that's the main it is reason. not it, it is, is the not... main reason who wouldn't I... want to be tom brady who would not want it's, to be it's the the dude see, was a sixth I, round I... pick the sixth round pick went on to be arguably the greatest quarterback of all time in the nfl married a supermodel wife who makes more than him had a freaking mansion that had a moat around it I mean, this dude it's is literally—it's the, the lifestyle is, and the arrogance and the cockiness—and I don't lump all of that into jealousy. It's—you can hate the guy for how how he lives his life and dude, he's flash kissing Gordon. his son on the lips and—he's flash you Gordon. Hate, you can hate a man like that, but you damn it, you gotta respect it though. You have to respect his ability <laughs> to play on the on the field. I'm no, just like, gonna say it. I think the the epitome of why I hate Tom Brady was was the uh the after party the boat parade and like lobbing the the lombardi trophy okay yeah, was, a lombardi just, trophy like on. it was a plastic trophy that was it's the most the, relatable the... that was the most relatable we've ever seen tom brady you're telling me you hate him for that yes that was the most 100%. human 
That was the only – have you ever seen Brady that hammered? That was the most human we've ever seen Tom Brady. Outside right, of, outside it of me, parade, it made me hate him more. Outside gonna, of Tom Brady, outside of Tampa Bay parade, Tom Brady, what do we have? We have health nut, you know, healthy as shit, you know, live, get something. Exactly. Sp- he works his ass fake. off every day. He's fake. This one is party. You tell him. me you hate him? Is real quick just to finish up Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? I'll always yes. stand by my boy Peyton Manning. Always. That is I, I, we could I have, still think it's Tom Brady. I think all of season three we could just devote to Logan Carney going on and on about his newfound love of Tom Brady. And then it, well, one sentence later saying that Peyton Manning is a better quarterback. It's. I just. It is, I can I never understand the way that. I don't Logan know if it's a lot. It is. It is a. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I hate him anymore. I don't hate him anymore. I don't have that ill will towards him anymore. What is wrong with you? Okay, so What's real quick, can we? He's, he's not let, in New England. What's he going to New England? I stopped caring. Let's talk about the Super Bowl as a whole. Did you guys enjoy watching it? I want to talk about the whole thing, not just Tom Brady, not just the game. The whole thing, the halftime show, the commercials, just the spectators and everything being there. Did it? Did you so, like watching it? Here, here is my overall take. I mean, it was a Super month Bowl. ago. I, I remember that superhero movie more when I watched. I think. I can't. Oh, well, so this name. is good. This is a good point. It's been a month, so we have the the uh, benefit of hindsight looking back at it. Can you really remember any specific thing? I cannot. The, the only thing I can remember is the shy guys surrounding the weekend. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the, the horrific scoreboard that CBS debuted that I hope we never see again. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, real but quick, real quick, real quick. Okay, yeah, I agree. I think the commercials were just so boring and bad. I can't remember a single one. I genuinely don't remember many of them. I remember the one with uh, Amy Schumer, and it was awful. And that's the only oh, one I remember. Oh, but anyway, I, not, I, I don't remember that. I tried to get that to... out of my head, but I didn't want to. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Amy Schumer is horrible. It's not. Oh, uh, the, one with, the one with um, the one with um, uh, what's his name from Thirty Rock? It was for Rocket Mortgage, where it was like almost isn't just good enough, or like kind of isn't just good enough. Yeah, as, I know as, you're talking about. That it's, one was good. Um. It's not the uh, it's not the uh, scoop. There it is. Commercial though. That that's such a good. They're they're good commercials for being Dude, not. I, I mean, see... it's it's amazing how people pour, they pour millions into those commercials, and you got to imagine they they spend months on just planning it out. Dude, I haven't. I I did not see the scoop. There it is. Commercial for the first time till like two days ago. When I looked it up on YouTube. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, real. I haven't been okay, watching. So... I haven't been watching TV. So like everyone kept quoting it, and like I've just been watching Netflix and streaming and everything. And it's not on. It's not one of those annoying ads that plays on Hulu. So I haven't seen it, and then I finally was like, "All right, I'll watch it." And I was like, "Yeah, it's okay. It's an okay commercial." So Dakota, do you remember the uh, graphics for CBS? Like a hundred percent. I mean, I okay. vividly remember the scoreboard. Third is nightmares. I want to hear. We're not going to interrupt. I, we're not going to interrupt. I want to hear why you hate it so much. Third is nightmares. Okay, so so CBS overall had a 
a great broadcast. It's not NBC Sunday Night Football, but it is they're not doing just one broadcast a week, right? They have a machine that is pumping out high quality productions of multiple games per week. And so you take that do this so well so many times a week. We're going to do one game really 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 well with all the bells and whistles. It started off with them using that consumer DSLR camera with the horrible uh, blurred background. People loved it. Bad... I remember like everybody was so mind blown and I was like, it's not that good. It's and then not... CBS chose to use it for every single shot in the Super Bowl pregame show. And it, it was a train wreck. They couldn't keep the thing focused. And then uh, it's time for kickoff. They roll up this scoreboard. I'm not sure that a single piece of text on that graphic was centered vertically or horizontally. Every, every piece of text was a different size from one to the next. It, it was, I, I don't know what else you want me to say, Spencer. It was, uh, if, if a first year media major in college turned that in, they would get an F. That it was embarrassing for CBS. And I hope they just turn everything back to their, uh, their original graphics package that they used through the entire regular season and playoffs because that Super Bowl is not it. You guys keep cutting out, so it's going to be an interesting uh, thing to upload. Because um, remember, we're using my recording, so. <laughs> Hopefully it works out because I've been uh, smooth. Spencer and I, at least talking, has been smooth, I think. But all right, so when we move on to more of a sport that's going on, um, we'll talk. <laughs> Good idea. We'll talk a little bit about the about the NBA. I know because you guys don't haven't been following too much, but don't worry. This is something that you guys can actually chime in on. Um, it was just announced earlier today, so they're making a T- HBO is making a TV series on the LA Lakers. They announced they so they announced that they're making a TV series on the Los Angeles the 1980s LA Lakers and their personalities. So here's the cast, and I want to ask you guys if you guys if this sounds like something that would interest you. So the cast is going to be um, the guys that you know. John C. Riley is going to be playing Jerry Buss. Um, Bo Burnham just got casted as Larry Bird. Um, Adrian Brody is going to be playing, I believe it was the GM. I could be wrong. But some big names. But is that a show that would interest you? Something on the 1980s LA Lakers? No, I can't really get excited about. I'm just not an NBA guy. And so adapting something that I don't really care about into one of these HBO recreation series is not going to do it for me. It's being made by Adam McKay, too. So it sounds like it's going to be a comedy. I don't know. I mean, they're casting comedy actors. Sally Fields in it. This doesn't make much. I am very confused. Is with it the, get, like, with the casting. is it going to be like a, a crappy Tropic Thunder? Like, is it going to be? I don't like. I don't. I don't know. Or I'm but, not really but, interested in. It. But my so my question is. But my question is, all right. That I think would be a great segment. All right. What what Pittsburgh team 
in in a year would you make a TV show of? And who are three actors that you would cast for your show? Oh, good lord. I got two I got two choices for the teams. I'll throw those out. <clears throat> um I'll go with the 80s pirates during the whole cocaine scandal. <laughs> I think that would be great. Another one has got to be the 2000s pirates and just like Jason Kendall telling people welcome to hell and just like the team not caring and just the <laughs> shenanigans that go along with that. I think that would be interesting, but I don't even know who to cast. I wouldn't even know. I would say I, I also love the idea of like an early 2000, like just a random you know, 2004 Pirates documentary, like a, a big production about a horrible Pirates team could be really good. Uh, I think you could also make a pretty decent show about the 2009 Penguins and that run to the cup, like the Max Talbot storylines and how young those guys were. And after having been defeated the previous year, we kind of got that. There was an HBO series, real, real uh, documentary series for the Winter Classic that was pretty good with that group of guys, but to adapt it into a series, oh, that was a good team. I'm going with directed by Spike Lee, the 2010s, the early 2010 Pittsburgh Steelers, with Will Smith playing Antonio Brown, Denzel <laughs> Washington playing Mike Tomlin, Cuba Gooding Jr. as Le'Veon Bell, and John C. Riley or Will Farrell as Ben Roethlisberger. And it would just be on the Killer Bees and Mike Tomlin. And it would be a sitcom. <laughs> that could be, Tomlin and the that could be pretty Bees. good. <laughs> even better. Oh, even better. I got it. I got it. I got the pilot. They all get a mansion together. All right. Or just the, just the three of them. Just, just Tomlin's like the, the, the neighbor next door. He like comes in every, every episode. But he doesn't actually live there. But Ben Roethlisberger, played by John C. Riley, uh, Le'Veon Bell, played by Cuba Gooding Jr., and Will Smith, who plays Antonio Brown, get a house together, and they have to ride out the season in that house. Probably be better to be the towards the end, actually, to the the, the mid 2010s, whenever you know Le'Veon Bell sat out and Antonio Brown went crazy. It's gotta yeah, be. It's make, gotta be oh, very, you could definitely make a show about you that. You would have to be very convincing to get Cuba Gooding Jr. and Will Smith looking like they're in their twenties again, though. Cuba Gooding Jr. Old. played OJ Simpson. That's the only reason I thought of him. I don't know if he'd be a good Le'Veon Bell. Will Smith could do it. Will Smith played Muhammad Ali. We, we, he can play yeah, Antonio in Brown. Two thousand and one. Still played Muhammad Ali. <laughs> he could play Antonio Brown. I, I can't think of anybody else who I'd rather play at Le'Veon Bell. Maybe uh, oh no, I'll make it a really I'll make it a really crappy show. I'll cast Keenan Thompson as Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you'll we'll have to lose a few pounds, but you know, that'll make it that'll make it a great show. It wouldn't. Well, it, a show that I hope we get to switch gears here is the story of what the hell happened with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2021, losing their general manager. No warning. 
do you guys make now looking back on this a, a month later what was that what happened with Jim Rutherford there's there's something that isn't being said there's something that I don't know it will ever get out until everybody else in this system or everybody else regarding G, Jim Rutherford is gone from the Penguins but it's it's crazy I mean no one expect literally no one expected that I mean and to have him just resign that that it was like a night it's like a Thursday night or whatever just randomly it's it's, such, no, it's been such I a thought it was, I thought it was an early just to have him resign though it's just a roller coaster no I mean even no one apparently like none of the players really knew about it either I mean obviously they're not gonna say like yeah I knew about it three weeks ago but like they were just as shocked. So, I mean, if this team does anything after the roller coaster that has been the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2021, the roller coaster that no one's talking about, I will be shocked. And they're doing well right now. So, who knows? I mean, clearly, look, I'm not an insider of the Penguins. So, I can't tell you the reasons as to why they left. But I think, as an outsider, I think it's pretty obvious for whatever reason he was not happy. Like, I, I, for whatever reason, he himself was not happy because it wasn't like he really retired. Like two weeks after he left, he said he's open for taking another job. Which is insane. Yeah. But... So clearly, yeah. clearly it's not that he's tired of working. Clearly he's not. He wants to leave the business. Clearly it's tired. Clearly he's tired of working for the Penguins. Why that is, I don't know. He won two cups there. You know, he put together a good team. He also but destroyed how... the farm system to get that team, so it's going to be a tough build going forward. So maybe maybe he, he heard our with... podcast. What? Oh yeah, I bet. Maybe he maybe he heard our last podcast episode and it just rattled him to his core so much that he, he resigned. Oh yeah, because of that bullcrap PPP loan that is still no no. I, that no I mean, we ran so about maybe it was that, the PPP loan about the maybe fact. Jim Rutherford is a social justice warrior who saw the Penguins take out this PPP. Here's loan an interesting thing that I was I can't work there at this oh, crappy Lord. organization and left. He is a social. <laughs> he is the Jim Rutherford is secretly Bernie Sanders in disguise. Here's the thing about Jim Rutherford <laughs> that that he he uh, he basically went all in on when he played when he was the GM in Carolina. And he basically went all in on them, and it didn't work out. And they ran him out of town, basically. They they wanted him out of there. Everybody in the in the Carolina system wanted him out of there. I don't know. I was, re- and I kind of wonder if he felt like he was maybe not getting to that same place, but like he felt like it his time was coming sooner rather than later. I wonder if if the if the people internally were not on the same page as him, and he knew it, and he said, "I'm going to get out of here before it gets ugly and looks bad on my part." I think the strangest thing about this is that two weeks later to come out and say, I'm not. Who, what organization would ever trust him to be general manager after what he did with the Penguins? Like if you're an employee and you quit your job without a two weeks notice. He won two cups. No, I'm talking about the de- the departure. Who gives if a you're shit about the departure? Well, here's, 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 you won two okay, here's my thing. Now, here's my thing. He essentially quick. stranded a franchise he in the middle of the two season. Two Stanley Cups. All he has yeah. to do is say it was a bad work environment at his next job interview. But he didn't. He his did resume not say says that, two and he, Stanley in fact, Cups. Has said he said if, the exact opposite. 
if you're if you're the Florida Panthers or the Buffalo Sabers and you clearly need to rebuild, do you sign a guy who says, "Hey, if you telling him this guy, hey, we need a couple years," are you going to hire him back? Are you going to hire no, him? Do you if, trust if him to be there? If you're the Flyers who have a good team that – well, maybe not so much this year, but have a team that can be on the cups of winning, why wouldn't you bring in the guy that brought the Penguins from a choke artist team in the playoffs to a back-to-back Stanley Cup winners? In my opinion – The guy has two cups three, on his resume. There, how many other see, GMs have two cups on their resume? And, and what that's what's amazing to me is that the guy came in here and won this franchise two more Stanley Cups in the golden years with Crosby and Malkin. And yet the three things that I will always remember Jim Rutherford for are one, his introductory press conference where he swore to the city and to the ownership group that he would be gone in two years. He was there to rebuild and he said, I will be gone. You will never see me again in two years. Second, the way that he left just up up in the middle of the season, no warning, nothing, just disappears. Very strange. And third, the fact that in five years from now, when this team is winning like 20 games a season because he absolutely ravaged the farm system and sold every last piece for scrap, that's what we're going to be remembering Jim Rutherford for in a few years, not the two Stanley Cups. If you remember a guy that got you two Stanley Cups, they got you two championships – for how he destroyed the farm system, then you're choosing to be a negative Nelly because you're not going to get back to back seven. Shut the hell up. I know you're a big Jim Rutherford fan dog. My dog's freaking out because I, because I'm shitting on Jim Rutherford. Not really. I'm actually <laughs> defending him. You're shitting on him. I'm defending him. But no, if, if you, if you, if you were to, if you first thought of, a guy that won two championships, a guy that constructed two championships team is, wow, he did not prepare us for the future. I think it's it's like, to me, it's like the people that criticize past presidents for how things are right now. You know what I'm saying? Like the people who criticize like Ronald Reagan for how the economy is now. When there were 20 different presidents since Ronald Reagan, obviously there were a lot less than 20 presidents, but you get my point, who could have fixed the issues. I think criticizing when Jim Rutherford, the fact that Jim Rutherford won here, he did what his job, his job was to win here. But if but we're Logan, thinking I think, about how I think what you're doing is, is revisionist history. If you go back and you look at the trades that he actually made that, that sold the farm system away, 90% of them were bad trades that did not work out. They won two cups. Who cares? It worked out that way. You can separate the fact you can separate the fact that he was successful in winning championships. But that's all he's bad to moves. Do. He, but that's all he needs to do to do a good job is win champion. What else do you want to do? I, I cannot believe I cannot believe what I'm hearing because in our very last episode that we recorded and we spent the majority of the time trashing the Penguins organization, you and and me and agreeing on most of what we were saying that in this franchise is only in this city if they keep winning. We saw just a couple years ago how quickly the fan base that's, started to abandon them. That's the, irrelevant. The arena was. At, that's 
That's it is not irrelevant. For, you for, let for this just, guy come for, in when, here. When talking about Jim Rutherford, that is irrelevant. Jim Rutherford's job is not to that? keep the team How in the city. Jim Rutherford's job is not to keep the team in the city once he's gone. That's not his job. You. That's the owner's job. So, that's ownership's so, job. That's not Rutherford's what job. I Rutherford's think you're gone. Saying, that's not his job once he leaves. Correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Logan. What you're saying is it is impossible to build a team that can win a championship and to also plan in the long term. You're saying that sports is destined to be like the Kansas City Royals. I think it's pretty damn hard. I think it's damn near impossible. I think when you have a guy like Crosby and Malkin, you know, ending the near of their careers, if you're thinking about the future instead of how are we going to maximize these two all-time greats, then you're the bad GM. You're the wrong GM for the job. You know, there's a time when you – if it was early in the Crosby career – when Crosby was young and he was going to be here for 10 years, 10, 20 years, then yeah, think about, you know, don't just think about this year, but think about next year. Think about that year. But the Penguins window is going to, was going to close in two, in once Crosby retires, regardless of the moves that Rutherford made, regardless. So you might as well get some more championships out of it before it closes. Because otherwise, we're going to, instead of talking about how bad the Penguins are in three years from now, we're going to be talking about the same thing we are with the Steelers and how they underachieved when they had the best player in the NHL. And the, I'm talking about how a team underachieves with the, one of the greatest players of all time is a lot more upsetting of a conversation. To me, I think, if I think the windows close, you capitalize, capitalize, capitalize. <clears throat> I think I think it's a lot of hypotheticals we're bringing up here, and you know, so far down the line, at least to to argue whether or not Jim Rutherford destroyed this, you know, left this franchise in shambles, or you know, did exactly what he needed to do and got out of here. But I I think that I think time will tell. But again, I'm not I'm not sold on the idea that you know I agree with you, Logan. I think that like you're you are going to remember the payments for the two cups. You don't really think about you know. I guess I guess the one way of looking at it is do you but all, on the counterpoint is do you remember Ray Shiro for winning a Stanley Cup or just you know he kind of left and we, we this is the theme of the story is that having bad ties with each other uh, he no, left kind of in some controversy as well. Shiro do you, do you left. Remember, like, I, you know, I I don't think you do. Shiro left like six seven years after his one cup. You know and. Rutherford left I mean, what, been... two years after his second. I mean, that's a big difference. You think of Shiro, you think of constantly underperforming the playoffs. The Penguins did not underperform the playoffs, you know, under Rutherford. I mean, they did the past two years, but for the majority of Rutherford's time, they succeeded. They won two cups. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, they're not identical situations. You know, you shouldn't remember Shiro the same way that you remember Rutherford. Now, I'm not going to act well, like Rutherford was this perfect GM, but like, let me ask you this, Dakota. Let me ask you this. Were the Penguins with Sidney Crosby, with Malkin, they were always going to be a playoff team. I think we can agree on that. All right. With those two, there was never a chance that they would ever have to tank. So with that being in mind, would they ever have gotten a player of Crosby's caliber 
while Crosby was on that team? I don't understand the question. Do you think the Penguins could have replaced Crosby post-Crosby, regardless of the moves Rutherford made? Do you think Rutherford was ever in a position to find Crosby? Oh, no. That's not what the hell were we going to talk? What the hell are we talking about? Their future was over once Crosby left anyway. They weren't going to have a future once Crosby leaves because they're not going to be able to replace Crosby. The fact that they somehow miraculously got Crosby after losing after losing Maru, uh, Lemieux is a miracle. They weren't going to replace Crosby. So worrying about the future, I'm not. I'm not asking. They weren't. There was. There's no. Regardless of what Rutherford did, there was never going to be a future after Crosby. They weren't going to win Stanley Cups in those years following Crosby's retirement. In those immediate years following Crosby's retirement, they were not going to be a Stanley Cup team. All right, they simply would not have the star player capable of elevating them to that level. So you might as well maximize the best player in the NBA, or I don't want to say NBA, the best player in the <laughs> NHL, the best player in the NHL while you still have them. Look, this, I look do not angels, disagree with that at with all. Mike but Trout. what I think, look at what the you're forgetting, Trout. the Angels have had the best player in yeah, baseball I, no. for the past decades. And they've made one playoff appearance. They've done squats. It's, it's, yeah, it, I, I take your point, and I agree with talent. it. The, what, what you are missing is the fact that if you go back and look at the trades that Jim Rutherford made that most ravaged the farm system, they were bad trades. What, he Phil is Kessel not regarded. Deal? Phil Kessel trade? <laughs> I'm not just They don't want to stand the cup trade. without no. Phil Kessel. I'm not referencing Phil Kessel. You're forgetting all these moves that he makes mid-season for guys that do not work out, that that gave up a lot for little return. He, you can Jack, find Jack Johnson is still the worst signing in America in, in Penguins history. Jack Johnson still the worst signing ever. In my, it can look. be true, Logan, that Jim Rutherford did what he had to do to win cups, and that was good, and that those moves on their own were good but as an overall general manager he made a lot of moves not just a few a lot of moves that he did not need to make that gave up a ton to from the farm system from the prospects bank that he he never had to make they had no material impact on the penguins ability to win those two cups especially since the penguins won those two cups his trade record has been worse and worse and worse think, think, and so i don't, don't think, think it's a coincidence a big that the murmurings I absolutely do, but I I can't just look at the at the good that he did but there. That's and not ignore. good. That's not just good, Dakota. That's phenomenal. That's <laughs> phenomenal. That's not just a couple competitive years. We're not talking about a team that was just a contender for a bunch of years. We're talking about a team that was the best in the world for two consecutive years. A team that's going to have and two put, more banners in their play, in their put, arena because of him. Like if, if, if they didn't win those cups, if they didn't win those cups, I would agree with you 100%. But the fact that they won those cups, the fact that they won two makes, you know, you should be able Why to Why don't trade. you feel the same way about Neil Huntington? What do you Ooh. mean? He, the, the, he can do no wrong because of what he did to turn a franchise around from 21 consecutive seasons of losing to make it to the playoffs two consecutive years. I, the, it doesn't matter what he did like, after. Why that. I don't feel like why I don't feel like Huntington can do no wrong. 
No, I'm not saying Rutherford can do wrong. I'm not saying the last two years weren't shit for the Penguins, but I'm saying you can put up with a couple of shit years if your team wins two championships. There's a trade-off. It's it's like this. I'm watching this show called The Witcher. Have you ever seen The Witcher? Or played no. the video games? Okay, so in The Witcher, there's oh, a magician. There's there's a bunch of magicians and <laughs> witches and stuff like that. All right. And one of the first lessons that this this witch is teaching this other witch is that in order to create something with magic, you have to give up something. So in order to lift this rock, this witch had to kill this witch had to take the power from a flower, killing the flower. That was what was in the series. In order to win two back to back championships, you have to deplete the farm system and have some shitty years. They're in sports today. You're drawing lines that don't exist. How does it not? How many dynasties have we seen outside of the New England Patriots since 2000? I mean, what? The Golden State Warriors? That lasted four years. The Miami Heat lasted three years. And those are both the NBA. Have we seen a dynasty like the Penguins in the NHL? No. Not not since the salary cap was introduced. The, the MLB, Blackhawks won three Stanley t- Cups, I think. Yeah, the Penguins won three. I mean, and, and the, the Bruins won a couple too. But like, we and there hasn't. You cannot. And, and look how like look how the Kings are doing now. Look how the like they're not the, exactly the top teams anymore. Even though the Kings won two Stanley Cups. You know, you have to. This is this is the this is the cost of doing business. Everything has a cost. You know, there, I do not disagree with that. Here's what, here's why you're wrong. Logan is because (laughs) you are drawing lines. Even though you don't disagree. Does that mean you're wrong too? (laughs) Cause you said you don't disagree and then you said I'm wrong. So does that mean you're also wrong? Where you are incorrect is that you're drawing all these lines from moves that Rutherford made and the, and the the mother load that he gave up in terms of draft picks and prospects to the fact that they won those two Stanley Cups when in reality, many of those moves that he made made absolutely no material impact on those teams' ability to win Stanley Cups. Obviously, I'm not disagreeing with you on like the Phil Kessel trade, but he made many moves for guys that gave up a lot from the farm system, whether it be draft picks or prospects that then got something in return that made no impact on the team whatsoever, but is that not, a, is potentially that not... a negative impact. And I'm trying to separate those bad moves from the good that he did. And but I think you can no, evaluate both of those separately. You're putting, you're putting more weight on the bad moves than you are in the good. When the good weighs significantly more, you said that people are going to remember Phil, your Jim Rutherford, as the as da, five years down the line when this team has no farm system. So you're putting that. You're saying people are going to remember that instead of two Stanley Cups. You're saying what Jim Rutherford did bad. You're not separating it. You're saying what he did bad was a lot worse than what he did good. And I don't think there's a lot. I, more I do good think you a lot do. of people are going to say that. I don't think there's a lot more good than you can do than winning two championships in a five-year span or, or what, six years, however long he was. In that short of a span, I don't think there's a lot more good that you can expect 
a guy to do in in sports personally i i don't i think it's unfair look the guy the last two years i agree with you a lot of shitty trades you know and the last two years if they don't get aggressive and he doesn't trade those prospects penguins probably are in a better spot in the future you're right on that but i'm not going to sit here and say i should think about how jim rutherford left this team in this bad spot when he also gave them two cups because you, when you win championships, you should be able to forgive the shitty moves at the end. The reason why I don't give Neil Huntington a pass is because Neil Huntington never won. Neil Huntington did the, did a similar thing too. I mean, he he failed to start a rebuild when the Pirates clearly should have started a rebuild. Neil Huntington failed to adapt. The same that he did the same. He made the same mistakes that Rutherford did towards the end. But the difference between Rutherford and Neil Huntington is that Rutherford has two banners hanging in the Penguins in the in PPG Paints Arena, and Neil Huntington has none, which is a major, major difference. It's not easy well, to win a championship. If if Neil Huntington had a banner at uh, PPG Paints, I'd be concerned. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> Ray Shiro hey. has two banners hanging in PPG Paints Arena. Can he do no wrong? Was was his firing unwarranted because he won two Stanley Cups? No, if Rutherford, if Rutherford was fired after my this apologies, one one Stanley Cup. No, and if, if Rutherford was fired after this year because they stunk again in the playoffs, it wouldn't have been unwarranted either. But that doesn't mean I'm going to choose to remember how the team is now when they won t- over the fact that they won two cups while he was there. I mean, that's re- I think that's ridiculous. I mean, just because just because a guy's bad at the end. The same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. Are you gonna rem- when you when you look back on Ben Roethlisberger's career? Are you gonna choose to remember him as the guy that got blown out by the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs, or the guy that won two Super Bowls when he was there? I I am not gonna compare how you view the legacy of a star franchise athlete with a general manager because what? they did, but yes, they did re- their job. They won championships. Who cares what happens at the end if they bring you championships? Championships is the ultimate goal, and he accomplished it twice. Who gives a crap what the here's, team is now? Here's how I here's how I want to wrap up this conversation, Logan. How do you view what happened with Rutherford's departure from the Penguins? Like, how do clearly you look at pissed, that? What happened? Clearly, he's pissed at them for some reason. Entire. Do you really there. think that's it? Yes, because you don't. What do you yes. think it is, Dakota? Yes. Because you I don't take, I that. take, I take the people that have spoken up from the Penguins organization and Jim Rutherford's word that there was this was an amicable split, and they had absolutely no idea that he had any interest in leaving, and that makes it an even bigger mystery. I don't know. I don't buy that they were pissed at each other because I think if you have parties, the organization especially pissed at a general manager then something's going to leak out by this point. Like it has been three months and we still have not heard a peep about why he left. To me, if there was someone angry on, within the organization, we would have you're, heard you're by telling now. Me, you're telling me it's been three months and we haven't heard a negative news story about a team that was able to get past taking money away from starving families and, and <laughs> closing small business owners. You realize the media in this city sucked the Penguins dick. All right. And that's putting it lightly. All right. 
they're they're not I don't I don't trust them to re- after that whole PPP after the fact that basically no one no one even besides like a few reporters who I really don't want to group into this because they did their job no one fucking was outraged by that PP loan PPP loan bullshit you're telling me they're not going to talk stuff about um you're telling me that like this isn't something that they would care about. I mean, they didn't care about the PPP loan. And that's 10 times more of a negative story. That's 10 times worse than, than some hard feelings in a, in a front office. Okay. But for, yeah, I, I don't think we hear yes about and, it if there was, cause I don't think the, I, I don't think the reporters want to report that about the penguins. I don't. Because I'm not relying like the on the, too much. I'm not relying on local media that failed to properly report the PPP loan story. I'm relying on something like the athletic and the fact that the athletic has not figured out what happened with the Jim Rutherford departure to me makes it too though, but the athletics local media too. No, no. Do you think anybody, and do you think anybody in the national media gives a crap about the NHL? Oh, come on. This is, this well, is insane, of, Logan. This speaking is insane. Of which, speaking of which, speaking Nobody's, of national. What are they talked about? Speaking on of national, <laughs> speaking of national media, ESPN has just signed a deal to be able to air the NHL and NHL broadcasts and games. And what is your opinion on the NHL reaching an agreement with the ESPN? Or, uh, the NHL retreat with ESPN and how you think it will affect both the program or the network and the I NHL think, as a whole. I think I we've think heard Logan and myself talk a lot in the one, last so. 20 minutes. So I, I'd love to hear what you think, Spencer. Yeah. Cause I think me and Dakota are in agreement on this anyway. So Spencer, I'll let you start. I'm, I'm happy, but I'm hesitant is, is the best, is the best way to put it. Um, I'm happy that, the NHL is getting a big contract with a big program or with a big uh, network, but I'm, I'm still hesitant of the, I know that the ESPN, they lost out on the contract to NBC. And then they said, if we're not going to be able to broadcast you guys, then we're not going to care about you guys. And now they are able to broadcast them. But the question is, are they actually going to show more interest? They're going to show more, but are they going to show enough, or as much interest as the ES or as the NHL would maybe rightfully deserve, or is it still going to be thrown behind the NBA and NH or the NBA and the NFL spring training or fantasy or, uh, well, Spencer, Spencer, expecting, expecting the NHL to be on the same level as the NBA and the NFL is just absurd. It's not, it's just not. The NFL is a behemoth. The NFL is a giant. The NFL sits on top of the mountain. That, that all the other leagues are trying to climb up and get there. Okay, yeah. But they well, keep not, getting hit getting by an avalanche and falling I'm down. I'm not getting to that. I'm not getting to that. Well, I, the NBA the markets their players or... phenomenally. The, the problem with the NHL not being at the NBA's level isn't because ESPN doesn't care about the NHL. It's because the NHL doesn't market their players nearly as well as the NBA does. I mean, the NBA, you know the individual players and their personalities because the NBA puts a spotlight on them. The NHL doesn't do that for whatever reason. But I think where me and Dakota in agreement are is that I think this is 
a much – I think this is – I'll rephrase it. The NHL needs ESPN more than ESPN needs the NHL. I think this deal well, there's no question great about that. for the NHL. I think it will be good for the ESPN because ESPN is going to care about it if – because they want more – they want higher ratings. They want more people to watch it because then they can sell more commercials and then they can make more money. So, of course, they're going to care See, about it more. Of I think about this. Give it the covers they deserve. They want people I think to watch about this it. in a completely different light, which is the number of people with cable TV subscriptions is plummeting every single month. You look at Disney, which owns ESPN and which recently acquired a ton of local sports networks that they then sold off. And what Disney is interested in is getting the most number of subscribers for the bundle of Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus. If you're running ESPN Plus, you're, you're not seeing a great return on people subscribing to it just for the original content. Like there's just not, there has not been a huge drive for original sports programming on a streaming service yet. So what are you trying to do to get people to come to your service? You're trying to bring in more live sports under that subscription. The Ooh, NFL has live is sports. never... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you know who's never going to sign on to a deal like that is the NFL. They, they're not in a position to just give away well, well, a so large that, selection of their that, games the to NFL, streaming. You, you say that, but the NFL just sold their Thursday night football broadcast to streaming like two days ago. They've been doing that yeah, for the years. Thursday with, night football is only going to be streamed now. The, the NFL – has the ability to do that for Thursday night football. They're never going to do that for their weekend games. Yeah, but or, you can watch, but they, they do do that. I can, I streamed all the Steelers games this year on Yahoo. And Hulu has live sports. The whole thing with Baker Mayfield is because of the NFL streaming. But Dakota, I do agree with you though. The, not, not, even though, the even point, though the I'm ripping apart your is, NFL point, I do agree with you. That this is that this NFL, is what I'm saying is the NFL would never sign an exclusive agreement to a streaming provider to just have the majority of the regular season games on it. They had a deal that they regretted for years with the NFL being exclusive to Verizon. If you were not a Verizon customer, you could not stream NFL on mobile. They, they're never going to enter that kind of deal again because they can break it up and they can sell off each individual property like Thursday Night Football which they've done for years past. Twitter had it for a year. Amazon Prime had it for a year. You're not going to get many mm. leagues in a position like the NHL to uh, just sell their season to streaming. Coda, did you read this deal that the NFL just signed? To acquire as much as they can. Did you read this deal, man? Tell me about this deal the NFL just signed. Thursday night football is exclusively on Amazon. One international game a year will air exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. NBC's Peacock, Peacock will stream exclusively six regular season games. Paramount Plus will exclusively – or no, not Paramount. Amazon will exclusively um, stream a wild card playoff game. Okay, maybe I didn't so, say so what this I is to a, say in the right way because you're making – So you're telling me next me. year you if are. I don't have Amazon, I no, have this to is like two years. This is, it doesn't. This doesn't kick in until like 2022. But even then, like I have to get Amazon if I don't have it? I think just so, to watch one game, this. just so to watch the, one singular game. That's stupid. Well, Thursday night football is only on Amazon. 
Okay, yeah, uh, but I'm but, not watching every Thursday night game. If I want to watch the Steelers on Thursday night, so the I have wild to get card Amazon game, for that? they get an exclusive. So they get an exclusive wild card game if the if the ratings on the streaming service are good. Basically, that's okay. what that's what it Logan, kicks, you're it kicks making, in. It kicks you're in. You're like making that. my point for me that no, it doesn't. They have a large portion of their not, games on streaming services. Three yes, different exactly. streaming services not, are, have exclusive games. You're, you're not following what I'm saying. No, they're not going to one sole provider. Like the NHL is selling the majority of their games to one service, which is ESPN+. ESPN+, Plus is never going to have the majority of NFL games exclusive to its streaming service. They're gonna, the NFL is going to spread it out amongst Paramount+, Plus, amongst Hulu+, Amongst Amazon, etc. So what ESPN Plus wants is the the most live sports that it can get to encourage more people to sign up. That's why they're going to go after a league like the NHL, which is in a position to sell the majority of their games as a package to an exclusive destination. That's what I'm trying to say. They're bringing back Nickelodeon games too. Thank God. Oh, that we got to do an episode on the Nickelodeon game. That is the best thing that could happen. Oh, Never forget, Mitch Trubisky was this the MVP, is... the Nickelodeon valuable player in a losing game. I can't believe He's that. not there. He's the first MVP winner to change teams following winning an MVP. <laughs> 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 but no, they um... The league is going to allow its partners to provide a quote-unquote alternate presentation of certain games, which opens the door for networks to get creative like Viacom did with the Nickelodeon game. Love the Nickelodeon games. Best thing The NFL and the networks are going all in on streaming with the new contract. There will be nearly 20 games each season that will be available exclusively online. They're going to so, do I, I Monday think... double headers will be more often. They're going to do at least three Monday night double headers starting God, in 2023. I hate, I, I hate Monday night double headers. Second yeah. game starts at they'll 10 have a, They'll I, have busy. Saturday night double headers during the final week of the season on ESPN. Let's uh, let's wrap up this episode with some March Madness talk. And I think we can kind of transition this topic we're having about streaming because March Madness really was the gold standard for streaming way before anything else was. It was amazing. Like very true. Even five true. plus years ago, you could get them streaming live in in a great presentation. Oh, I remember watching uh, it, it during my even, high school classes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. On my iPhone. I mean, 4. it was very impressive. March Madness has always been presented like that. Does anyone think that has gone downhill at all this year, recent years, or, or is I, March Madness still a pretty good? I can't really say because I haven't had the need to watch it on my yeah. phone like I did in the past. Yeah. So I can't say that it's gone downhill. I watched it on my phone Logan, in the past. We, t- we were talking before we school, started recording. So. What were you saying? We were talking before we started recording that you were not watching as much of the tournament this year. What do you think the reason is for that? Well, again, we talked about this earlier in one of or one of our shows. I forget which one. 
I just haven't been watching as much sports post pandemic because I've found other stuff that I got into. Like I've been watching a lot of TV shows on Netflix, Hulu, HBO. You know, I just finished Peaky Blinders and The Witcher. I just watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, which was absolutely incredible. Like, oh my God, you guys got to watch that. You got to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. The fact that that movie got made is still mind blowing. I refuse to, Dude, to watch anything in 4 3 in the year 2021. Dude, you like the, but do you like the whole story behind how that thing got, why that thing got made? Like, it's just so cool. Like, Warner Brothers literally said, literally, they gave Zack Snyder $70 million to say, we fucked up. We're sorry about your dead daughter. We're sorry we replaced you and ruined your movie. Go prove us wrong. And that's, and and then it was a good, like, it's not like it's just cool that it came out. It actually ended up being a good movie. Which is the craziest part of all of this is that the movie was actually ten times better. So that the, like that's just so freaking cool to me. Like it's just a win for like artistic integrity, you know. Like that's just freaking awesome. But anyway, I, I mean, I've just been watching less sports just because I found other stuff to do. Now, as you know, the year has gone on, gone on, and things started getting back to normal. Um, I've gotten back into sports, you know, but I'm not at the level that I was, you know, two, three years ago. So I just, I think that's why I haven't been watching. I've just found other stuff to do. I've been playing a lot of video games, watching a lot of TV, you know, chilling with my pups. I mean, it's just, it, I've just found other stuff to do um, with, with the pandemic, after the pandemic. What about you, Spencer? Have you been following March Madness this year as much as years past? No, not at all. But there, there's a couple reasons. Number one, I watched uh, the one, the one big game I watched was Ohio State and Oral Roberts, and that screwed up my, my bra- I did a bracket. I did two brackets um, in the middle of a meeting. By the way, uh, if the CFO of my company is hearing this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to anything you were saying. I had my video off and I was doing a bracket during that. Um, <laughs> I, I Ohio State was in my final four. They got kicked out by Oral Roberts. It was such a garbage ending for Ohio State. And then I lost my national champion in Illinois. And I my bracket is currently uh, 84th out of 85. Now I might watch a little more because if you finish last, you get your money back. And the poten- person in 85th has the potential to pass me. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I haven't really, I haven't really been watching it. But I, I want to. I just hadn't gotten into college basketball as much as I did previous years. That I wasn't interested in March Madness as much. Pit, pit basketball being down has has hurt my interest in college. That has basketball. definitely definitely helped, and also Robert Morris being a very blah team in the Horizon League. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 when your favorite teams are struggling, it's it's tougher to get into it. So I would say those are probably other the other major factors as to why. Now, hey, all that matters though, Spencer, is your total points. I'm in second to last in my bracket pool, but I also have the most potential for uh, total points. Oh, my potential is nowhere near it, but the potential for the person below me is higher than mine. So that's why I'm waiting for that. I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping that I get my money back. 
you know, I do want to point out, I would want to give a shout out to my man, Joe Golding at Abilene Christian. Um, I interviewed him back in December. Just absolutely incredibly nice guy. Really nice guy. Um, I remember that was the interview that started. I, I believe I talked about it because it started like an hour late because they like forgot that it was happening or something like that. And he was really apologetic, just really, really nice guy. Great guy. And then he not only had the upset, but went viral dancing in his locker room. Just a big, it couldn't have happened to a bigger, a better guy. And, and, you know, this is a guy that brought this team. This team was a D2 team 10 years ago, about a little less than 10 years ago. I think it was eight years ago. Exactly. And he turned them into a team that was, you know, one of the major upsets this year. So a huge shout out to him. You know, yeah, he's I should definitely not them. listening, I, but I, I was really happy to see that that, that ACU won because he's he's regret, a great guy. They deserve that. I regret not picking them because I knew that they had been really good the past couple years, but they didn't have the eligibility to make the postseason. Well, and I think I, they I made regret. it. I think they made it two years ago, if I'm not yeah. wrong. Or and I'm pretty sure that they were set to make it last year. But you are right. Well, you were right that they weren't they didn't have eligibility when they made the jump, but I think they did make it two years ago. And I think that they were going to make it last year before the pandemic hurt it too. They've been a pretty they've been a really strong team recently. He's he's done a great job. He's done a phenomenal job down there. Phenomenal job with that program. Well, my cousin also made it. My cousin also made it too, the Drexel, but they got blown out by uh, Illinois. What did he do on Drexel? He's the assistant coach. He's an assistant coach. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it was, it was cool team, to see him so, dance. But that team had no business being in the. I was looking at the uh, what's what's their conference that they're in. I forget what they're called. Colonial Athletic. Yeah, they were an eight seed in the CAA. They had no business being there, but they ran the table, and I was impressed. That's another one. For with, me, um, that is why March Madness is so, like, why I enjoy watching it so much, that you don't really even have to be aware of those stories and the and the backstories of what these teams did in their regular seasons or in their conference championships, but you tune into these games, and the broadcasts are always so well done that you, are, you learn about the backstories of these teams throughout the game, and you always get these, like, Cinderella's. Every year, you're guaranteed yeah. to be watching some game it just makes you feel good because of the upset, the backstory of that team, the coach, you know, the key players. And there's really no other event like it in sports other than it's sort of like the Olympics, right? Where you tune in, where you're not aware of like the backstory, the deep uh, stats behind the, all of these people, but you can tune in and watch it and appreciate it for, for what it is as a standalone event in sports. You're, you're, 100% right. In Dakota, just to add on to your point with uh, Drexel, little backstory there. The coach of them, Zach Spiker, he they were they were the coach. His whole coaching team was the one at Army before, and they were one of like the few coaches to actually get Army to a postseason appearance. Because Army basketball has been horrific. I think they only Army have, like, basketball. Army basketball is one of the I think it's like six or eight teams that have been around. 
Actually, I think yeah. it's down to four now that have been around and have not made the national tournament. Yeah, they, yep, that's 100% correct. But they they ended up getting them to, I think it was the CBI, I think. A co- they, they got to a couple postseason with Army before they went to Drexel. And that was like just like the sixth or seventh time that they've ever even made a postseason tournament at Army. You know, so I mean, there's, but yeah, wanna, Dakota, I mean, there's so many good Cinderella stories. I mean, even when you see guys like, you know, you see a guy like, you know, when Steph Curry put up 40 points at Dayton in the playoffs. Davidson. Davidson. Yeah, Davidson. It's it's late. Sorry. But it's like, right. no, I mean, he's, you're 100% right. I mean, you see those stories that just make it. I mean, this is why you love sports is for those stories like that. You know, the, the athletes and the players that you gravitate towards are the guys like that, that have those interesting backstories. You know, nobody gravitates towards Mike Trout because he's really not that interesting of a guy. You know, yeah, he's the greatest baseball player of the year, but like of, of, you know, one of the greatest of all time, but like hasn't really won anything. You know, he's not like he's not like this guy that came out of nowhere, you know, whereas Tom Brady, one of the greatest football players of all time, was a sixth round pick, scrawny white dudes. You know, the, yeah. the backstories is why you love it's it's why you love sports when you see stuff like this. And March Madness, to Dakota's point, delivers some more Cinderella stories every year than any other sport. Yeah, I, I would say to wrap up real quick, I think that I love March Madness is my favorite tournament. Right. I would say March Madness and then the World Cup. But I think March Madness is my favorite. World Cup's tournament. Great. Yeah, World Cup's because great. That's that's a good I, one. I love watching March Madness, and I love um, watching conference tournaments for conferences that I don't care about. I remember last year I was watching in my office the Big Sky tournament at a boredom. Well, not really boredom, but like I love the idea that these teams you have an end year or even okay, it's it the slate is clean in your conference tournament. It's survive and advance. It's just, it's these kids playing for their, a lot of them playing for their college or for their basketball careers. A lot of them, especially in the smaller leagues are never going to play, you know, professionally in a big place. They might go overseas somewhere, but not really do much. But like these kids are playing to get on the national stage. They're playing. And then when they get to the national stage, they're playing just to survive another day. And I love it. It gets these Cinderella stories. It brings these schools that you never hear of, at least people that, big time never hear of but like we hear of you know when we watch when we know a lot of college sports and know a lot of these smaller schools and i think that it's to me it's my it's that's the reason like what you said to uh, logan that's the reason why it's my favorite uh my favorite tournament because again and i think this year is a little weirder so it's not really as well but my favorite thing wrapping up real quick is my favorite conference tournament win is Holy Cross a couple years ago. Holy Cross won like eight games. They went eight in like yeah. 26 or something. They made the tournament. They won one game on the road. The Holy Cross, the national uh, or the uh, conference tournament for them is all like, it was like NEC where it was road games of the highest seed. They won all their games on the road. They won against the number one seed at their place. And they went to the national tournament, a team that didn't deserve to be there, but they got hot and they got, they, they played out of their shoes in March and March is just a different month. That's, that's you. It doesn't matter what you do in December 
January, February. As long as you're there in March, you have a shot. Yeah, my final thoughts on this is, as we wrap up is, and this, the same things you, you guys said just in different words, the March Madness is one of the very few things that I can watch and be excited about the game if I have no interest in the teams. Like, as much as I think that the Stanley Cup playoffs are exciting and that the fact of a, a do or die sudden death over time in the Stanley Cup playoffs is one of the best things in sports. I still cannot get that excited about it if it's not the Penguins in the games, in, in the Stanley I, Cup playoffs, I in would, the Stanley I Cup argue, final. Real quick, I'd argue that the Stanley Cup playoffs are my favorite uh, of the top four professional teams. NFL, NFL. I, 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 I still like the NHL better than the NFL when it comes to playoffs. I like, just for, like, I like the World Series is great. Yeah, World Series is I good. I can watch. Eat, see, even yeah, as much as I baseball favorite sport, it is still tough for me to like sit there and get that invested in the World Series. Or you know, who knows if we'll ever have the Pirates. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you gonna say when the Pirates aren't in it? Because like that means you would have <laughs> never have watched the World Series in your life. <laughs> I watch the World Series. I enjoy it, but it is nowhere near the level of excitement that I get watching March Madness, World Cup, the Olympics, that sort of thing, where you can have absolutely no knowledge or investment in the teams that are playing the game and still get excited about watching the game. Well, guys, um, we will end it on that. You know, since we talked about the World Series a little bit, we'll just do a shout out our next episode, hopefully before opening day, 100% Pirates. 100% Pirates topic as you know we're gonna bury our time favorite. capsule yep that it is our favorite be. thing to talk about you know uh, we, we did, we, that's why we didn't touch on the Pirates today even though they you know they had a couple news you know Key Brian Hayes apparently got an extension offer and turned it down um, and you know their farm system has obviously been completely rebuilt and they're going into the into the season soon, which means we'll be back soon on your, I was gonna say airwaves, but this is more like on your cell phones or your computers or however you choose to listen to a podcast. And we're gonna do our next episode, 100% Pirates, because interesting enough, for some reason, that is still the team of Pittsburgh people love to hear about. It's weird. You know, they, they, I think people just love being miserable and they just love hearing about the Pirates for that. It seems like whenever I write about the Pirates and whenever I talk about the Pirates, most people's emotions come out. The Pirates episode next time on Pittsburgh Made. This has been Logan Carney, Dakota Lamb, and Spencer Witt. We will, we will be back with more Pittsburgh Made, we promise. Hopefully it won't take two months again, but we'll be back. Take care, everyone, and get vaccinated.